Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the Reticle Up podcast. Um, so I've got Matthew Robert Glenn Beam. Uh, he told me his full first name, so we're going to go with that. Uh, yeah, but Matthew, super hillbilly. It's awesome. It's, it's rare, right? That's three first names? <laughs> yeah. The, ar- the army doesn't allow me to have three first names. I, was, I have to have a middle name. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, and, and you are a competitive shooter. You're active duty military right now. And we're going to call you a firearms philanthropist. I can't even say the word. There it is. I don't know how to spell it. And my grandma always told me if I can't spell it, it's not a real word. So true, true. I can spell it. I can't <laughs> say it currently. <laughs> so uh, yeah, before diving in all the shooting things, can you share a little bit about your background in the Army? Um, I've been in the Army for about 12 years now. Um, went to college first, played football, ran track, and then joined the Army. Started out in 75th Range Regiment. And then I've been a Green Brave for eight years, about. Awesome. And I'm in. I'm an instructor right now at the Special Forces Qualification Course. So I got like six months left, and then I get to go back. So, <laughs> so cool. Did you know you were going to go military? Yeah, I, I mean, I always thought about it when I was a kid. Um, a lot of my family was in the military, and then I got. Uh, Finished college, then I got a job and I was the, I was Al Bundy actually. I was a general manager of a shoe store and uh, actually here in Fayetteville, North Carolina of all places. While my, uh, I was working in, I, I was working at the labor's union and then I got laid off and I was just collecting Obama bucks. And then I, uh, um, my best friend was like, hey man, I got a two bedroom apartment in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I was like, I'll be out there in a couple of weeks. And so came out here, sold shoes. Like I actually had Al Bundy on my name tag for a while. And people were like, is your name really Al Bundy? And I'm like, no, dude, but I manage a shoe store and I talk about football stories. This is Matthew so, Robert Glenn Beam, so. Yeah, Al Bundy, Matthew Robert Glenn, whatever. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> your your plan too i mean you've been competitive your whole entire life like you said from football days yeah i did i ran uh played football baseball um basketball i ran track um yeah i just i used used to be a really good athlete before i got about five hundred seventy thousand miles on my body and i'm all broken so yeah So, okay, your firearms experience and like, did you know about firearms before you went into the army or like, where did all of that come from? So I grew up in a small mountain town um, in Packwood, Washington. So uh, my dad was in the military. Um, my cousin was in the military. A lot of my family was in the military and my grandpa, um, he was in Korea oh, wow. and everything. And so I was introduced to firearms super early uh in life and so hunting and everything and then um my dad used to teach me how to shoot his 1911 all the time when I was young I could could take one apart when I was super young 
um it's kind of a man card thing if uh if if you ask me um but yeah so that's just kind of how it all started um i've always i used to just go to the rock quarry with friends and shoot all the time and everything i actually never was that interested in competitive shooting um really close friend of mine travis denman he's the one that actually uh got me into competitive shooting uh he used to nag me all the time i would go to the ranges and shoot and stuff and he'd be like come shoot three gun come shoot three gun and i'm like mm, nah dog and uh, i was like no i don't want to do that shit and then i was actually deployed and i had just re-enlisted like uh six years ago five five years ago and he texts me he's like hey man i know you got all this money here's a list of shit you need to buy and i was like okay do you remember so, do you the price tag on all of that uh i mean it wasn't too bad um i got a stoger m3k so it was like 500 bucks um i gave him 1500 bucks to um build me a rifle is pretty much all like an arrow precision rifle uh good barrel and all that shit and then what was my first pistol i had a god it was a piece of shit um oh and they, oh and, uh, the xdm comp that oh, thing was a piece of shit gosh. i've never seen anyone compete with xdms before oh it was it was do a do and then um and then i got the, that rock island tac ultra which actually for an entry-level pistol is pretty good especially for uh 500 bucks um and i ran the piss out of that thing that's awesome oh so yeah. did you your first gun though like that was given to you was that as a kiddo you like did you end up with that 1911 i gotta know <laughs> um so no i don't know so my dad actually was not a very good human being um so uh i did get um so my grandpa has his uh m1 carbine from korea wow. which i got so that's pretty cool that is really um and then i got a 20 a bolt action 20 gauge from him that's from like 1947 that's it's pretty badass and then i got a model 1949 3030 lever action too that's pretty tits nice my dad actually that was his first gun he bought himself and then i ended up with the 3030 and i love it it's a great hunting rifle oh at for brush gun yep absolutely <laughs> that's awesome though have you uh shot that m1 like do you get get to take that out very often it's not bad. I actually, it's, I don't have it here with me. Um, it's at my parents' house. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a nice gun. Um, I actually was an instructor at the, uh, um, special forces qualification course, the Bra the Bravo course, which teaches the, uh, special forces, um, weapon sergeant course and stuff. And we'd still shoot all that stuff. Um, and I mean, it, it's, it's a nice gun, man. Um, I shit, I haven't shot it in probably, 10 10 years though it's it's a gun bunny it's in real good shape and it's not it's or, uh it's a, not a gun bunny but a uh safe queen a safe queen safe queen <laughs> and uh um yeah it's gonna it's gonna stay that way yeah i feel like too like us competitive shooters i don't know why but we rarely go shoot for fun like in our other guns right do you do that? i you know it's funny you say that it's i don't i don't mind if like I love going out and teaching people and I'll go out and shoot but if I, I'm just like going out and like fucking around with friends and shit I 
I, I'm just like, I'm just pissing away all this fucking ammo. <laughs> and it's like, I'm getting no training out of this. And so you're just like, I don't know. I'm not getting any better. I guess I'm having fun. I haven't, I have safe queens and I've never said I would have safe queens. That's really funny. Um, so, you know what, you know, what's crazy to me? Um, I used to have uh, a whole bunch of ARs and shit and um, a whole bunch of guns. And once I started competitive shooting, I was like, why do I have all this shit? <laughs> and, um, and I was like, well, I need more money for competitive shooting. And I have the same rifle, exact same rifle, but with a different optic on it five times. And so I was like, why do I even do this? I don't even need all this shit. So I was like, having two of everything is good. Yes. Now I do agree with you there. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. So when you, um, like, did you start first carrying concealed, like right when you turned 21? Or I don't know if the legal age was different for you, but. I mean. <laughs> legally. <laughs> legally. <laughs> I don't think I really started. I think 20, I was 24 when I got my concealed in Washington. Cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 20, 24. And I don't need, I just thought I was some like badass. <laughs> it was, it's, it's embarrassing to think about. You're like, man, I was a retard. Man, I got my concealed carry. <laughs> and I, I had some big clunky ass SIG and I was just like, <laughs> it was so dumb. So dumb. I was going to ask you what guy it, yeah. you carry. But uh, just um, now, I just uh, one of the Glock forty three X's. So that's like that's like standard issue for everybody these days. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Glock forty three? Weird. <laughs> that's actually yeah. The episode before this. Podcast. That's like yeah. the standard. I would like to get one of those. Uh, what is it? The little Sig three sixty fives. I want the little red dot. Really those are pretty rad. Those I I shot one of those a few months back. They're sweet. That's a nice little gun, but it's like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So, so I found it. I found it for seven ninety nine with the red dot already on it. And I was like, that's not bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. For a carry gun, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> blue label, four hundred bucks all day. There you go. Yeah. So. People don't know. Actually, it's a good tip. You want to share about that blue label program that most people don't know about? Um, well, so this is funny. Um, I mean, if you're military or um, first responder you can get i think it's like at cost or Glock offers this program where it's um you get a couple hundred dollars off but a lot of places are super shitty and shady so they'll mark it up 200 bucks and then you'll get it for at msrp which is a lot of places around fort bragg like to do that because they're scumbags um there's one place around here i forget the name that actually like gives you the real blue label nice so that's awesome. That's well deserved. Yeah. yeah. Find, it, find a good gun store. That's really hard to find these days, actually. You know? Yeah. So, that's, that's... oh, go ahead. You're good. I'm listening. Oh, you're good. I was going to say the, the, yeah, the gun store is the issue. Buying new is hard. I, I don't know. That's just a whole different can of worms right there. <laughs> yeah. So, what was the biggest lesson that you learned when you were caring? Or did you learn anything? Sounds like meh. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, just kind of like, I guess, like just like practicality. What what works for you day to day, and that like is going to facilitate your economy of motion while you're carrying, and everything. Um, because you you don't really know the situation you're going to be in. What's going to be comfortable for you to draw seated, 
um, if you're getting out of your car, um, just like what something that's going to work in every potential environment where you might have to be able to draw your gun and um, being able to get to it, something that fits right and you're going to be able to sit comfortably as well as it's not going to impede your economy of motion um, when you're, if you actually have that, not, I wouldn't say opportunity, but if you're forced into that situation um, where you're going to be able to draw the gun and you're not digging for it on your body. Yeah, or out of your purse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I've been really, really thinking about that fanny pack life. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a jack of all trades. You can have a snack pouch and a gap pouch. So, did you just make that up? I did. That was pretty good. I'm actually really proud of myself right now for that. <laughs> I'm, that's awesome. <laughs> Not to be reproduced without the written permission of Matt Bean. Right. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do you think that? Like how many holsters actually, let's go back to that. How many holsters and rigs like did you try out when you're trying to figure out what worked for you? I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I will say I had this leather one <laughs> that I got from work that was amazing. Yeah. Um it was just this, I found it like stuffed in this old box in our cage. I don't think it had been used since like NAM. Oh my God. But it was the most comfortable, um, it held the gun great, um, comfortable against me um, for like carrying appendix and everything. And uh, I don't know what happened to it. Because I, like, I, I would take it on deployment with me and everything too. And like this, it was phenomenal. And it, it looked like it was like handmade or made by some real shitty company, but the leather was actually really good and it was really broken. Yeah. Um, and it it was really smelly when I would take it off. It it smelled like cat piss and Fritos. I don't know what was wrong with it. It stunk, but yep. it was great. <laughs> and uh, I came back and I was looking through my deployment box and everything, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, God. But uh, the, um, I really like the priority priority one holsters one that I carry right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. Um, I love Lucas. I love his products and everything. It's just a little bit bulkier uh, than I would like. Um, I like a little bit more minimalist on me. It's a little yeah. bit more comfortable. Um, and so I run Chad from Priority Ones um, 43. So I like it. He, he made my first rig for my 2011. But going back to that, um, my first holster was Talon holsters and it was all leather for my 40s. Mm -hmm. That was like the very first gun I had. Um, and then I switched, I have crossbreed holsters now too, where it's the mix of leather on the body and then Kydex on the outside. Like I have a bunch, like, don't get me wrong. I don't have one set because you have so many different clothing, but man, like leather and, and if somebody's leather doesn't stink, then they are not caring every single day. <laughs> it's so, it's so cool. I, I pulled it out and I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just this floppy, like it held the gun good once you put the gun in. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was like a dead animal, like an old possum pelt or something. I don't know, but it, it was awesome. I was, I was a sad panda when it was gone. Oh, you know what I can relate that to it is like getting a cast off. I feel like that's what it smelled like. I've never been in the cast before. What? Are I, the, I 
broke my elbow um, my freshman year in college, and that's the only wall. I broke some, uh, when I got blown up in 2015, I broke some ribs and uh, the spinal processes on your uh, on your spine, like the shark fin things, and then I cracked some vertebrae, but you can't cast that shit. So. No, but that's more painful. I, you know, it wasn't that bad, I didn't think. Because um, you're a badass. You're I, thought the, I thought the ribs were going to be super bad, but it, it actually wasn't like that bad hmm. what's the worst pain than you've ever felt losing the mm-hmm. whole <laughs> no yes yes no when i had hernia surgery and i sneezed like the next day that is the worst like i cried it was so bad i couldn't get off the ground i was like that was one thing i dreaded um because so it was just a belly button hernia and so i go in it should have been a like a telltale sign when I rolled in and my surgeon looked like Chris Farley's twin sister that lived in a van down by the river. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, man, this chick looks just like Chris Farley, but lives in a van. And she's like, okay, you're going to be good. Um, Two to three holes max. I woke up and it looked like I hit with buckshot. There was nine holes in me, like all around my abdomen. And I'm like, what happened? Why? What is wrong with me? She's like, oh, there was a I'm surprised she wasn't like there was a few malfunctions but um yeah it was bad like it took like five months for my abdomen to like do sit-ups super sharp pain and everything but bro sneezing sneezing I was like I had like 10 like I, I was like day three I think. And there was like 10 sneezes that like I was able to like negate. Mm-hmm. And there's one I was like, no, but I tried to plug my nose. I couldn't do it. And oh man, oh. that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, it was terrible. I was expecting it to be uh, a lot worse or a little different story than hernia. But there we go. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, right. Awesome. Uh, my last question actually about concealed carry um maybe you can speak to this what do you notice about like the people around you when you're out and about and carrying concealed like are they noticing you are they even paying attention i it, it's so like prevalent here like you don't really even pay attention to it because you um especially around like poor brag area you just assume everybody has a gun yeah like for real yeah. it's like if you don't got one in your console you got one on you you got one underneath your seat um you got one in your toolbox like seriously yeah i mean it is vietnam but it uh um like just everybody it's just everybody does it and you don't even like look for it or yeah. really even like think twice about it they all, 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 the, all the hillbillies out here like the open carry that's it cracks me up and like dudes are open carrying and they just got a single stack like 45 and i'm just like sweet flex bro or, you see, uh, it's really prevalent with those dudes with the uh, Carolina lean trucks, you know, the big lift on the front and they mm-hmm. forgot to put the lift on the back. Yeah. Th- those guys all open carry. Like, they, it's like, I'm going to open carry my 1911 to 0.6 inch barrel. Like, stupid. That's awesome. How about, okay, how about outside of Fayetteville then? Outside of Fayetteville? 
I don't, I don't really like worry about other people in a sense, like so much and like what they're carrying. I don't think anybody really pays attention, especially like, I feel like in the South, especially like North Carolina, South Carolina, like Tennessee, Georgia, um, it's like very like prevalent that like people concealed carry and it's just the, the uh, like back home in Washington it's like you know yeah like super like nobody concealed carries like hardly that I know yeah and then out here it's like everybody that's awesome though I mean you want to be in that community I guess for us right it was but yeah. when I started caring like it surprised me too how much even like people by themselves or females or late at night like I'd see them on their phone looking down not even paying attention to their surroundings right yeah that's what changed for me it I don't know just being in the military for so long too like yeah. you're just kind of always you're hyper aware of your situation and just it's so ingrained into you yeah. that you're always paying attention to like um like situations or like key indicators are on people in in that sense and it's yeah you're just like the people like in my line of work and everything it's just like everybody's always hypersensitive you're like what's that motherfucker doing what's he doing and so especially like out with my wife and everything and it's like you're always paying attention to that kind of shit yeah. No, I, I like that. Um, I think that's one thing that civilians could learn more of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what color shirt? What were they wearing? Where'd they come in from? What car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they, do they look like a crack smoking swindler? Are they going to try to take my money? <laughs> it's a lot of that in Tennessee. Okay. So <laughs> let's get into the fun stuff. So shooting competitively, okay. you've been mm-hmm. five years ish. Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, four and a half, five years. Yes. i strictly only shot three gun for the first like three years of that so that i used to be my next question three gun was like major match or like a local match i used to do go everywhere no for, uh, for your first like what was your first oh so first match i did i shot um low country out here in south carolina where they have the south carolina state match yeah. they used to have a badass three gun cool super badass so i shot that that one and then the next day, Sunday, we did a double dip and um, we went down to Sand Hill down in South Carolina, just south, uh, just east of Columbia. Um, really nice range. But that dude, that uh, that one in low country used to be super competitive. I actually finished fifth overall in my first one. Then I was like sixth the next day, too. So and then I then I got the bug. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not surprised. I feel like with your background, like three guns is not daunting, right? (laughs) But for no, it it was, it was getting used to shotgun. But a little pro tip: if you get hernia surgery and you want to get really good at quad loading, buy a shotgun and sit on the couch for thirty days and teach yourself to quad load while your wife's watching TV. And God damn it, man. You're not trying to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, I actually got really, really, really good at quad loading real fast. So that's, awesome. it, that's the hardest part. Worked out real good. Yeah. What? So is your favorite gun rifle? <sighs> I, you know what? I, 
I just like guns. Like, I just like, I was just ripping the shit out of a rifle, ripping the shit out of a pistol or ripping the shit out of your shotgun. It's like, I don't know. And you you got to think like, I don't, it's not so much the shooting aspect. I mean, I love the shooting portion, but once you get like in your thirties, forties, all the way up to eighties, um, there's not a lot of stuff that you can be competitive at or feed your competitive edge and everything. And shooting sports is one it's, it's, it's timeless. Like there's a guy to the local USPSA match that I run every month. He's 80 years old. He comes out and shoots PCC all the time. And you, you're, it's, it's a great social event. Um, the community's awesome. And for the most part where they need to be. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, like you can compete against yourself, um, shooting guns is always fun. And it's just another, like, it's just that competitive feeling like you're on the clock um you're shooting and moving like target transition weapons manipulation all that all that kind of stuff and um it's it's a good positive outlet um and uh yeah it's like i guess for me it's like kind of like the jack of all trades because like i i can't play football anymore i can throw my shoulders are so trash i can throw a baseball maybe eight feet um i'm not going out playing rec league basketball because I'd probably die. Um, but yeah, th- this is something that feeds your competitive edge. And it, I mean, it's relatively safe. Like, yeah. though, the last weekend, there was a dude that blew his hamstring out on like the second stage and he was hopping around. <laughs> but he kept but, going. Uh, go ahead. Did he keep going? Oh, yeah. He was, dra- he was dragging his stanky leg the rest of the day, but it's, I mean, it was like 111 heat index. It like that's the only match I've ever shot where I just like it just wasn't fun. Yep. Like it sucked. Yep. My first but, ever was the 115 record breaking heat in August. And that was my first ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Two days of that. I was like, and I came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like what you said though about timeless uh competing. There was I used to shoot cowboy action a little bit, and there was an 82-year-old that would smoke us on stage. There's not a lot of movement in cowboy action, but still three guns. They do a cowboy action out here in Rayford down by my house. I, dude, I follow this kid. He's probably like 13 or 14 does cowboy action on Instagram. It is ridiculous. (laughs) It is ridiculous watching him shoot. So cool. What's his name? Alias. I I can't remember. Um, But dude, watching that kid like rip that shotgun, like crack it and they pop out and throw them back and it's like the flick of the wrist yep. and everything it's, it's pretty cool to watch i'm not that good but i love loading a shotgun side by side and i can do a lever action the there's a kid named matt black um that actually has won like four or five maybe six i don't know don't quote me world championships and mm-hmm. he's the fastest person i've ever seen shoot any gun out there cowboy action wise it's really cool so i think he's only like 20 now 21 maybe yeah grew up in it you know so Travis ropes you in a three gun mm-hmm. and did he prepare you for the match? <laughs> oh yeah. So, I mean, we did like two weeks of practice and well, cause I'd fucked around with them a whole bunch and I'd been to the range with him. We would just do, I mean, cause I'm an 18 Bravo and everything. And, um, he, he he's a like retired 23 year SF Ranger dude. And, um, I, we just met, um, he used to have a CrossFit gym at his house and we would ride down the road. And when we moved out here, 
Uh, my wife and I were big into CrossFit and uh, um, he was still in at that point in time. And then he was like, Hey, come shoot, come shoot, come shoot. You're going to be Bravo. You need to learn competitive shooting. Cause the cool thing, like, this is one thing I like all my students, I like, I'll let them come out and shoot my matches for free. Um, I think anybody in the military, it's a necessity for them to competitively shoot in some, some sort of capacity because it all translates to work. It all um, like exponentially increases your battlefield effectiveness. Um, like I was kind of touched on earlier, like shooting on the move, um, shooting under stress under the timers, um, weapons manipulation, near far target transitions. Um, every, every little bit of that translates to work and that will make you a better a, a better marksman the army marksmanship stuff that they teach you is like 30 years out of date hmm. um i've exponentially learned more from civilian stuff than i ever have in the army and it, it's it's crazy when i started bringing uh, like competitive shooter training to my team it was like no nah, we gotta do it then no 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 like like just this archaic bullshit right. and it's like boom boom transition boom boom and it, you're trying to teach them like drive the shit out of the gun drive the shit out of the gun and like teaching hey that that transition time like that four tenths of a second transition time can cost you your life when you if you start ripping the gun and you're uh transitioning in like 0.12 seconds and everything and shooting on the move and you don't have to shoot like you don't have to keyhole everything yeah and then we started running everything my way like on the move stress shooting um driving the gun and everything and everybody was like oh i got it now yeah yeah you're right and and it, like our team like my whole team just like the the amount like how much we progressed in like a three-month period like it was amazing and we had that year we actually um we always get this ammo budget and it's always like bullshit and super low and everything but if you know how to hustle you get all the ammo you want and i'm really good at hustling <laughs> so it uh uh we shot more my oda alone shot more rounds than an entire company in my battalion alone so wow it's just because like you start getting really good and you're like, Hey, we're going to go to this school where um, we're going to go to this place and train. And they got, we can test these kind of capabilities. And um, yeah, the big thing, especially with the military too, the big thing uh, me teaching and like, I, we were able to purchase a bunch of um, LPVOs and um, we all got one to sixes and one to eights. And the, army will teach like the short range the short range shit and then the long range and they they really lack on i guess you could say like urban urban marksmanship like because a lot of our engagements are between like one and 400 which is huge in three gun and learning to learn to do your holds and that's like i was super big on like near to far and far to near target transition and stuff and being able to shoot from barriers and you probably see the barrier in my yard right there you see it <laughs> I gotta be so um and that stuff is super super important and that's that's another thing that the military is lacking in teaching soldiers at any level is that near to far target transition teaching holds is and 
one thing that the army needs to like you don't get people don't shoot enough steel to be able to get feedback and no holds and everything because you don't really get any you, not everybody has glass and you don't and shooting you don't get shit out of shooting paper and the army is so so far behind in that stuff and that's like one thing i always stress my my students and everything it's like hey man there's there's carbine matches there's two gun matches there's three gun matches there's pistol matches whatever your niche is it is here as far as i'm concerned this is the hub of competitive shooting next to arizona because they can do it year-round but like the carolinas is the absolute hub and the amount of talent out here and um people like community out here is really good um and the amount of people that are out here that like take the time and just go out to the range and like i'll take i've like so so many students i've had the opportunity like i'm absolutely grateful for it like have the opportunity to teach them like a uh, like a higher level of capacity for knowledge when it comes to marksmanship and tactical shooting being able to take that to their team and essentially a lot of them show up to their team knowing more than their uh senior bravo which is always good yeah and i mean i really enjoy it yeah and I think what you said um, is valuable. A lot of people, they're really good at one sport. And I mean, a fantastic, they're really at, at one sport. And maybe they'll shoot some mm -hmm. others. But I think it's really cool that you guys have that diversity because I think Steel Challenge helps with transitioning really fast, right? I have not shot Steel Challenge yet. Yeah. I would like to. But I mean, obviously, I'm married. And <laughs> I can only, I can't, I can't expand as much. But I do shoot, I have a bunch of static steel that I practice on all the time. Okay. So I'll do... Um, I do it ish. So, yeah. But it helps. I mean, if you're going here yeah. and you're slowly turtling to the next target, when you're a steel challenge, you're moving fast. And then depending on the mm -hmm. size, slowing down to make the hit. Some of the, some of those, some of those kids that do that shit for it's, it's stupid. So cool. Like watching the Williams sisters, yeah. like <laughs> Justine or whatever, shoot that with her PCC. You're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? I had a, we had a RO, Grant Kunkel. I love ROing. Oh, him. yeah, that dude. I've seen that guy can rip it. Yeah. And then I showed up at Worlds this year in Ken Nagata. I think he's 13 now in, in California. Nobody had heard of him, right? Ends up on our mm -hmm. stage uh, or on our squad. And I had Jesse Harris and everything. And as soon as he shot, and we all were like, shut the F. Like nobody, nobody knew this kid. And we all turned around, we're like, hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this kid? He's a ringer. He will be a world record holder. I, I, fully get no like he's probably cool. actually 23 years old he's a, he's he's the new age down he's the uh competitive shooting danny almonte there you go <laughs> that's awesome but i think i think i, I mean I absolutely love what you're saying um civilian training can really help um and there is applications like you said that you can use in the real world for me well, you know what's funny is why do some of why um sound like the top echelons of military spe special operations why why do they have um like we have joe farewell comes and trains green berets like jj ricasa comes out here and trains like there's a reason why these people come out and teach us why these competitive shooters come out and teach us because it exponentially transfers over to our job yeah and so yeah man it's like it's it it's a must being in and it's fun so fun. like it's absolutely fun and then you get and ammo, uh, apparently huh i said you get ammo apparently ish it's, it's not like it used to be god yeah. it, 
like right when I first started, bro, <laughs> bro. And well, they don't, we don't get like 55 grain or 77 grain anymore. They just give us garbage ass green tip. And uh, that's one stupid thing too, is you can't like, we're so hamstrung with shit that we can do because they want to give us like the tungsten stuff and the green tip and you can't it eats up hang on i got this stupid discord telling me powders in um and uh and um i completely lost my train of thought so like we you can't shoot steel with that shit and like they're like now you're just going to destroy it or they won't like we don't have the budget that we used to because we used to buy a shit ton of steel yeah and like shoot the fuck out of it and well, like, they just one, like, like buy green tip or buy steel and if you buy both or you're gonna screw up one or the other you know yeah and it's dumb it was nice but like when we would deploy we'd have all the free steel that we wanted and we would just cut it and just put it on the range and shoot it till there was holes in it and go get more but the glory how you gotta pay for it out here yeah yeah what about did you shoot the nebesky carbine matches I did. I shot. I've shot two of them. So cool. And they're not bringing them back. So I know uh, Jason and them were trying to bring back um, a Carby match last year, but then COVID hit, and then I stopped shooting three gun because it's like what is it like ninety four dollars around or something like that right now for uh, five five six, and so I was just like. Mm, nah i'm good yeah. and uh i have enough to shoot a couple um like major matches a year like a couple days before i'll practice with quad loads and uh because you like being in the military like you don't really get rusty at rifle like right. it's not it's not that much of a perishable skill as long as you like go out and check the dope on your gun yeah. and uh like cool i'm i'm i mean as, as long as you don't let hide over bore like f you and you don't forget about that the close targets you just literally put the dot on the paper and let her rip it's not yeah. that hard yeah and, but shotgun, and then you just yeah not practical <laughs> yeah pistol is 100 a perishable skill um but yeah so covid happened then the last year and a half i've just shot uspsa so. you've been having fun um one, we'll get into that. That was really cool. So, like for for three gun, did it take a learning curve for you to like get the hang of hang of it, or do you feel like I don't know? You you got it. I mean, it sounds like you you were that good from the get go. But for most people, I didn't think I had much of a learning curve because it was the shotgun. Um, I shot like three or four matches and I did super well. I don't think I finished worse than like seventh in the first like four or five nice. that I shot. And then, um, and then I had hernia surgery and then I just had like a month off just to like get the sun out of my face. Um, there we go. Um, I'm outside on my deck tonight. It's actually super nice outside. It's like 80 degrees today. The humidity is on a billion. So <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do this outside. Why is 80 degrees cool? Like that's when you know that you live in a hot. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then I had I couldn't do anything for 30 days because I had hernia surgery. And then I got really good at reloading and I came out then and I just hit the ground running. And then um, 
I got pretty, pretty good um, at three gun. And then I hurt my back scooping dog food. And then uh, I partially tore my Achilles. And then I just like. Matt, how many more years you got on you? Just suck. <laughs> so how many breaking years? up a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, there you go. You're back. I'm trying to. This sounds like right in my face. <laughs> For those listening or watching, you can see. Oh, oh, they can't see me. It's just on the radio. No, no, no. The people that watch it on YouTube get to see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> people listening don't. So, okay. Okay. So, how about no body issues and no ammo problems? <laughs> what is your mm-hmm. absolute favorite shooting discipline to shoot across the board? USPSA by far. Um, it's. I, lo- I love three gun, but it's like, hey, come over here, shoot this with your pistol, shoot. It's USPSA is so much more dynamic and more of a cerebral sport, if you will. Um, yeah. To like minimize your positions, being able to blend positions, um, economy of motion, shooting on the move. Like, there's so much that goes into being a good USPSA shooter. It's so much more of a game than it is, um, I feel like, shooting three gun. That makes sense. And there is. It, it's just so much more dynamic. And, yeah, it, there's, there's more, I think, like, mental athleticism in it and, like, physical athleticism um compared to what there is in uh compared to three gun i mean that's my personal opinion yeah um but hey that's fair that's fair did you did you transfer the xdm over into uspsa (laughs) oh no dude i had that for like (laughs) six weeks before i uh sold it and got the uh that rock island Okay. Okay. So was that your first gun that you started USPSA in? No, the first gun I started doing. Um, so I actually had a really, I was super against USPSA because I had a really bad experience shooting my first USPSA match. Like this is one thing why I run a very shooter, a new shooter friendly match. Um, very first uh, USPSA match. I was like, I will never, um, never ever shoot one of these motherfuckers again. Like, <laughs> They were rude to me. Like, I didn't know question. Like, I, nobody wanted to answer my questions. They tried to DQ me on, on, like, and I generally was like, I want to do this as something because it's going to help me with three gun yeah. at the time. And um, and I just want to shoot pistol better. And I shot one. I don't think I shot another USPSA match. I shot, like, two. And um, I was like, I'm never going to shoot this shit again. And just because, and you go to, you go to places like that and there are people like that. That's one thing I will say. Um, I, the, the community for three gun is like, not as sometimes pretentious, I guess is the word that I will use as it is in USPSA. Um, when it comes to like new shooters and some people don't believe in coaching and shit like that. Like if you're a new shooter at a three gun match, like we will follow you and be like, shoot this, shoot this, shoot this. And I had a really, really bad experience. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to give this, give this a go. Cause 
good friend of mine, Tony Cowden, and then one of my closest friends, Kevin Stickley, um, he started getting me more into shooting USPSA. Um, and uh, the first gun I started shooting USPSA, I had an Akai um, Island Barrel gun, and then um, it was a pretty good gun. Oh, uh, yeah. Then, <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> and uh, it was my three gun. I didn't, I didn't have a 40 till June of last year. I've been only shooting 40 oh. for... I still uh, still stay with forty, yeah. A little over a year. Minor. Um, but then I got super lucky um, with the opportunity with Bull that they gave me, oh. and uh, so I had a nine mil. And I started shooting um, just nine mil limited uh, for the first shit six months, and um, I will say two. Shooting limited minors, really, really fun. Um, I hadn't shot, I hadn't shot, so <laughs> I hadn't shot a nine mil, my nine mil gun for like six months uh, when it came to the Memorial three gun last year. And I pulled it out like two weeks before and I was shooting that nine mil and I was just like, oh my God, I get it was like a toy. Like you can yeah. literally go 5,000 miles an hour. With that. There was no recoil, like wherever I like pointed it that's where it went and I was just like oh my god this is amazing yeah um, spoils you it totally spoils you you know what I mean like yeah. how do you go back <laughs> yeah especially with like shooting three gun there's no hit there's no hit factor you're like eh, as long as this you know can go 50 yards without hitting the dirt <laughs> what what power factor are you running out of that like 17 I don't know yeah yeah that's really cool okay so now you're set up so you started out uh, with the Rock Island, what what do you run now, gun gear wise? So I run Priority One holster, um, and then I do. Uh, do you want me to go get my shit? Yeah, go get it. All right, I'll go get my belt real quick. Okay, we're gonna pause. So, do we gotta like time out and pause <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> Welcome back All from right, our. We're back at it. <laughs> okay, Matt, what you got? Time in. Um. So I run a Priority One holster with Porn Hub label. No, this is the Priority One label. Porn Hub. <laughs> um, so I really so this is I'm just like obviously I shoot for them, but I'm not like trying to plug them. This is the best. It's CNC machine cut and everything. Uh, it's it's made perfect. Like it's the best quality holster that for a competitive shooting that I've ever used. And um, it's like, it comes perfect. And I, shit, I don't even know how many draws I have out of this thing. And probably like 9 billion. Yep. And then that got <laughs> and, carbon. I've never changed mag pouches cause they just work. So. And well, I have the double alpha. Nice. Um, I run the double alpha mag pouch just cause um, you can like twist them and do all that jazz really easy and then i got the magnet on the front for sometimes you do unloaded starts um but yeah this uh chad's a hilarious human being and uh, like he's a friend of mine and everything super cool dude and what's cool about these holsters are like 50 60 bucks too like you go to some other places and you're getting a molded one and it's 120 dollars i know and it's like and this is like in my opinion, like it's CNC machine, they're made perfect yeah. every time, and they're 50, 60 bucks, which is 
super tits. I'm um, sure I got my stuff in like three or five days for all of it. Oh yeah, he's it good. Yeah. Um, so this yeah. is my USPSA gun. It's 40 cal. It is the, I just flagged myself. Sweet. <laughs> um, but it's empty. Uh, so this is the Bull Armory Radical. It's 5.4 inch sight block gun. Um, this is by far the most reliable gun I've ever shot in my life. This thing runs and runs. I don't clean it. I neglect the shit out of it. Um, and it just runs and runs and runs. Like I got over 60,000 rounds through this gun. And like, like obviously look how like disgusting this thing is. Like it's like a rat's nest, but it runs. And the only time I've never had an issue with it, this is pretty cool though too. You can see that. What does it say? Oh, uh, it says beam 001. That's my cool VIP, VIP dog. Um, but uh, phenomenal company. Um, and like having a pistol sponsor, I guess, pistol and ammo sponsor is kind of like the holy grail yeah. of everything. And like those, those guys at Bull, um, like gave me a shot and I'm forever grateful for those guys, man. Like super high quality guns. Um, I don't ask for a lot um, from them, but whenever I ask for anything, it boom, they take, they take care of me. Um, everything I need. Um, I'm actually number two in the world for their uh, brand ambassadors for um, uh sales and whatnot so which is cool yeah. um well yeah. that too you do a really good job um of having people try out those guns like when you travel on yes i like i do um i mean i'm so grateful uh for the opportunity they gave me like I, you can use my ammo you, i'll bring my guns if you want to use them i'll loan them to you. you can shoot the match with them a lot of people are like no i don't like to loan my guns out yeah. i'll loan out anything that i have man i don't care like as long as you don't break it um which i would <laughs> um but it i mean it's cool man um it's it's just, it's like the quality on it's phenomenal and it just runs and runs and runs and runs and the only time i've had malfunctions is when i don't clean my max and so that's the one thing i do clean all the time yeah. is mags but I shit, I I clean this gun probably every three, four, five thousand rounds. That's awesome. Um, pretty much. <laughs> it looks like every time I clean it, it looks like the La Brea tar pits. Yeah. When I clean it. I'll clean it before a major match. You need to. But yeah. I'll let I'll I'll let it go for like two months, sometimes two, three months. I think the longest I've let it go is like six, five, six thousand rounds. Nice. And it was, it was pretty yucky. Yeah. <laughs> I took it apart and I was just like, ew. Oh, yeah. When I traveled and I was gone for like three weeks and it was match after match after match. I was like, yeah. oh, oil will be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> super cool. Um, they got, I'm super excited for Bull uh, after Shot Show. They got some killer, killer stuff coming. So shameless plug. You guys got to wait, wait till after uh, um shot show or at shot show they're gonna they're dropping some some hotness and 
I can't wait for it. That's awesome. So how did switching to, you know, a, a better 2011 and everything on that really comfortable platform improve your shooting and answer the question between, there's really not a big difference, I'm guessing, between the 9mm and the 40 when it comes to recoil, right? So there, there's, there's, they're just different platforms. I mean, there's, there's major power factor and it's not that much. Like it feels, I guess, like you're shooting, cause this gun shoots super flat, super soft, especially with the big side block on it. Um, it's a little bit less snappier than a nine mil, but um, cause I run uh, 180 grain bullets, um, yeah. but it's like super soft. If, if I shoot this to, and like, if I shoot this, my 40 shoots softer than like factory nine mil ammo. I'll say that, 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 that's a good comparison. Um, yeah. Like, or if you, <laughs> or you shoot a Glock or something, then my 40, it shoots a thousand times softer. Um, but yeah, this, that gun like tracks phenomenal, um, shoots flat. Like, I, I love that gun. Like my uh, the other 21, 2011s I had, like I always had like little issues and stuff with that, like with the gun, but like that, that radical is like an absolute workhorse. Yeah. It just runs and runs like, you can run anything through it and it just eats it and eats it and eats it and just keeps going, going, going. That's awesome. That's the yeah. biggest struggle I think for having the right gear, having the right gun. And mm -hmm. honestly, like, okay, for three gunners, there's the, the thing of like, we suck at pistol, which is ish, not as true, but like <laughs> ish, but I was gonna say switching to a 2011 made me a better pistol shooter and made me want to shoot pistol. That was the game changer, right? Like you're- So this is the thing, like you can tune a polymer pistol only so much, mm -hmm. only so much. But like my dude, RJ, RJ McVoy, he, he loves Glocks. <laughs> but um, Matt Martini, phenomenal shooter. Um, run, he ran, he still runs shit out of Glocks and he's, I know he has a haze, but he, he's one of the best three gun shooters in the nation ran shit out of the Glock forever. Um, but I will say you can tune them. The way you can tune a 2011 um, and the tighter tolerances and everything, um, a polymer pistol cannot give that to you. Yeah. And, um, and just like the weight recoil management, you can do the springs, the trigger weight. I mean, you can do like tungsten guide rod, brass magwells, like, everything it, it's uh, it's just a whole different ball game um then like it, it it is it is a lot more spendy um okay but but it's, it's worth, worth it. the investment yeah okay so that's the biggest thing right um buy once cry once or buy a lot cry a lot whatever for the people listening that are really on that fence right of of investing in what two three four or five glocks or you know glock mm. of 500. oh they, i have friends with like five or six glocks i'm like get rid of it so right. i will say i'm gonna do another shameless bull armory plug so this is a nine millimeter like for three gun okay. um and you can get it in 42 this is their entry their um entry level um their standard limited gun this is twenty one hundred dollars and it comes race ready out the box and it will run and run and run and run. And like a lot of the, 
uh, like you will not find a better bang for your buck. Like, I mean, this thing is super, super nice. Comes with two pound trigger, um, smooth like butter. Um, and like that for entry level for an entry level is the biggest bang for your buck that you're going to get anywhere in the market you're not going to find a better two thousand dollar gun than that gun and like that's one cool thing too they're very incredibly high quality pistols and they're super affordable like a comparable sight block like my radical is sixty five hundred dollars with other companies Whereas this is, it's $3,700. It's 30, with, without the steel grip and the R package with just the plastic grip, I believe it's $3,200 nice. for a side block pistol. On this one, like this one, the fully decked out one, like this is $3,700, $3,800. Like full, full race gun, brass magwell, all that. So People don't realize like, yeah, having two guns is great, right? But like I should also shoot 11, 2011 and I haven't had to use a backup gun, right? They just work. And it's an investment, like you said. But think about like a Glock. If you put in the trigger and you change the guide rod and change the springs and the magwell and all this stuff, stippling, you're already probably in double what it's even worth. Or <laughs> when I see dudes with like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollar like Zev Glocks, yeah. and I'm just like, You're so oh, I got the I got the I got the Terran Combat Master Glock 34 that's <laughs> more more than more than a a 2011 and i'm just like why Why do you do this why do you do this why are you like this <laughs> i i mean i will say like a lot of dudes buy like super expensive shotguns and everything mm-hmm. a stoger m3k is like it just runs it runs and runs and runs and runs i'm gonna label your episode runs and runs and <laughs> just runs and, and it's a 600 dollars <laughs> gun and yeah yeah dude it just goes and goes and that can work that over too like um, yeah he rose right and then moa oh my god yeah my buddy oh it just runs with the moa uh package on it sweet moa precision does a lot of good shit shout out to pacific northwest (laughs) (laughs) you do okay so what is I want to talk about actually about uh bull so you've done a lot of charity fundraise fundraisers for those that do know you um and bull Army mm-hmm. a part of those uh at a lot so can you talk about the organizations that you help raise funds for and how bull helps with that okay um so last like four and a half years um i've raised over a million dollars for uh different veterans uh foundations i like Either they'll reach out to me and ask me to put on the event for them, or um, I'll do a couple myself um, each year. I do one for the VA Hospital Adaptive Athlete Program each year uh, for myself, which helps um, sick, ill, and wounded vets get sporting prosthetics or uh, sporting wheelchairs, and I also help send them to the DOD Warrior Games. Um, that's kind of my my big one I do every year. Um, and then, yeah, Bull has always um, supported uh, supported me in all of those. And then I do one for, because uh, I'm a former Army Ranger too. And uh, um, there is a difference. There's range, Army Ranger, and then there's Ranger Regiment. <laughs> and uh, so um, it goes to uh, 
families in need, uh, 75th Range Regiment families in need. It's uh, called the Brother in Need Fund. And I do that one um, in later in the year in like, I think it's November, early November this year. And yeah. But what do you, so what are you raffling and uh, how many tickets do you sell? All of that good stuff. Um, for the big one I do. Um, so I'm not in charge of the, I just run the one, um, the Ranger one. Uh, I just put on the match. So it's whatever they can get for that one. But um, for, I raffle, God, what all did I raffle this year? Right now I'm raffling off of March 7th. Uh, new apex 10 and nine mil which you can't get it's a uh, forever wait to get one of those um on my instagram beam team three gun links in my bio <laughs> uh, so uh yeah so um god what all did we we had i don't even remember um we raffled off uh max michelle gave me a gun to raffle one of its new um 320 maxes uh which a female actually won which is pretty cool uh she lived out in nebraska i can't remember her name um a fell male as i spelled it on instagram <laughs> uh and then we had one of those uh we had some blocks um jessica hook hooked us up with um uh one to eight voodoo um this uh painter uh she does a lot of military type painters her name's invader girl on instagram she does some super amazing stuff she gives me a painting of my choice every year um she's a phenomenal human being i'm grateful to have her in my corner for that um her her painting raised like i don't know like three four thousand dollars in raffle tickets alone um yeah we had a lot of stuff man i don't i don't know it's it's like i i usually start in I do it in June. I start reaching out to companies in January. Um, yeah, Turner Arms Rifle Company here in North Carolina. Travis Turner, he always uh, comes out and does good stuff. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, we had like, like $20,000, $30,000 worth of yeah. prize tape. I don't, it's, I mean, it's good. It's good for me because I, I'm my own entity. I, it's not like, you do uh, like the Fort Benning or like Memorial Free Gun, where you have a whole a whole team of people to to do all that stuff and super great cause and everything. But that's like that's a lot of work. It's a lot of that work. Is a lot of work, and um, and they do they do a great job. That's awesome. And uh, but I I can't do that. Well, I think you can, and you have. I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, um, I can, but but you are. Like, in a way. like I said, like I said, um, I think it was before we were on. I used to um, work with, uh, be part of a nonprofit, nonprofit shooting team and stuff, and it, it left it left a really bad taste, a uh, really bad taste in my mouth with um, some of the people and their egos and everything and it's like it's about the cause and it's about having humility and for the greater good yeah. and everything which um and i told myself like i will only only do um like solo stuff i don't want to ask for like help i don't really want to turn it into like essentially like a huge business and everything yeah. it's much easier um to keep it um smaller i did 
I mean, and when, when that's when I do it, like when I'm running, running the, uh, um, Raffles. the event like the whole the whole event like donations and everything like that and then i actually do it through um i'm part of the veterans motorcycle club they're actually the oldest all veteran motorcycle club in the country uh, for about they're about almost 40 years old but our big thing is raising money for the va hospital so here in fayetteville we are actually the largest monetary donor for the va hospital here wow so yeah so we do i do the gun match and then we do two poker runs and then i'll I do like a big raffle like in the middle of the year too like with the uh um the press that i'm doing right now and so um yeah we're the largest monetary donor for the va hospital here in uh fort bragg That's so cool. it's pretty cool and i i enjoy being a part of it. real good super good cause and all all it's not like your traditional like motorcycle club like you see on sons of anarchy and shit but it's it's just about like veteran awareness like helping out vets and stuff and i super dig it i love it my dad actually is one of the good guys works at the va in florida so uh and he rides motorcycles and he taught me to ride and i have my license and all the good things so <laughs> um two questions on that so uh how are you looking or could anything anybody listening um help grow those fundraisers or help connect you um to resources and then how can people actually find these um organizations and the raffles and all of that i mean i don't have a huge social media following i think i have like three thousand people or whatever but i'm always pretty active um matthew beam on facebook or uh, matthew beam on um instagram or beam at beam team three gun i always post shit like my all i do is post like i don't post any work stuff um it's all shooting and raising money so i mean if you'd like to get in you can always shoot me a dm um my email is matthew.r.beam uh 3121 at gmail.com um yeah i mean if you want to help out let me know if you want to donate to the cause it's all um tax right off through a 501c3 and yeah huge that's awesome congrats bud thanks for all you do so switching gears to um talking about you've been a match director and i mm-hmm. saw on the pool every time you put this match on there's a major match it's already scheduled but i'm gonna make it um talk about the zoo zoo city armory competitions that you put on what are they uh, uh, what are so they- uh jason and everybody those are my really good friends and um there's those uh jason and snappy are just like straight up like phenomenal human beings um great dudes they let me um they they host my big um three gun match but this year switching it up so we're gonna we're gonna do a two gun no listen we're gonna do a two gun uh, because this range is huge have you been there before no Mm -mm. um so we're gonna do a two gun on all of the lower bays in the long range. And then on the upper bays, we're gonna do a USPSA on the same day. Oh yeah, okay. So like try that. to max, maximize the amount of dollar dues we can get donated. Um, That's badass. And uh, yeah, and so like they always host and help set up and yeah. And then Snappy every single year wins <laughs> all of it. <laughs> like. He won a, a pistol last year. He won a rifle. 
And then uh, like every time I do a charity match, Snappy wins a big ticket item. He won uh, Daniel Defense, uh, uh, their three gun rifle. He won that. He won a 2011. This year, uh, he won like a Microtech knife, a steel grip from Phoenix Trinity, and I think he won a Glock. <laughs> like, it, it, well, I mean, he, he he'll spend like three, four, five hundred bucks, but it's always like he went he wins out super Gucci every year. <laughs> but he deserved, man. He he does those 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 two dudes have done more for the shooting community in the Carolinas than I don't think anybody can do in the next hundred years, man. Like those dudes have like built their true passion and what they've done for the shooting community, like will never be repeated like those guys live and die and like and they own zoo city zoo city armory ammo and everything and what they've done for this community to continue the community to keep shooting um they wouldn't outsell their uh like when you couldn't get ammo it was hey come to the match we'll sell match that they would only sell to people that come shoot their matches because they wanted to continue to have allow people to have a place to shoot and everything yeah. and like those are those are the kind of superheroes that we need yep. um in the shooting community man those are two phenomenal human beings that's awesome yeah i think uh, in my home range back in tallahassee they did the same thing where hey if you're a member or you're shooting a match or you're you know part of the club then you are going to get ammo but we're not going to sell all of it out to you know joe mm-hmm. that doesn't support us or you, you got to shoot you know and support your shooters mm-hmm. out there because we're not hoarding ammo <laughs> no <laughs> not at all yeah it comes and it goes so fast <laughs> mm-hmm. um okay so when is the next year's match uh i usually do it in june like right beginning of june like right around like first first second weekend of june like right around my birthday because that seems like right when the summer starts here there's a big lull because it's hot like there's no major matches or anything for either uspsa or like three gun um and uh so yeah and it's it's just and it kind of gets because then it's still six months away or eight or ten months away from the memorial three gun two which is like the the big one yeah um out here and stuff too and so it kind of gives me an off offset and allows me to maximize um opportunity to be able to donate to the hospital that's awesome and then, uh, okay, so setting these stages up, do you have ideas on how you're going to run the two gun and what they're going to look like as far as bays or run gun or props? No, no. I know, though, I know, like, I, we did we did the mental rough draft uh, <laughs> in June. And then whenever Jason, when it gets close, probably like January time, time frame when I, when I start spinning the wheels up for it. Um, Usually uh, what Jason does is Jason already have like some stuff up from the week before and we just kind of um, finagle it around and uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I, I don't, I don't do, I don't do the match bug. It's not a major match or anything for me. I just like, just it, the, the point is, is to, to raise money and usually I make some pretty cool trophies and everything. Um, but I don't, I'm not looking at it as a major match, more as a fundraiser for the VA hospital. Yeah, it's definitely treated as a major match, but it's not the major match atmosphere or the level, it's, it, but it is a big deal. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, 
I, I don't I don't care. It like I mean the the match is cool and everything, and I want it to be a good match. But for me, um, the premise isn't isn't the match because I mean there's a, there's a lot of people um, like and I I personally seen it like one of my really close friends that's actually in the club with us too. He he continued his career. He's a double below the knee amputee, and um, he continued uh until he retired um as a team sergeant and everything and he was dog handler had two prosthetics and it's hard um i thought it's pretty cool when the va hospital the lady here um in, Fay in fayetteville said they were going to be starting up this adaptive athlete program and stuff because i mean you can get the prosthetics but the the ones to be able to comp compete and do sports and everything that's like a completely different ball game that's just not something that you can get and everything too and so i was like man like and i i know personally especially when i was dealing with mental health issues because i was severely depressed for a while and everything too and being able to compete and feeding that competitive drive and stuff is is especially like one of the things that i personally think will ended up like saving my life at the end of the time at the end of the day be, just because it's it's a positive outlet you're not you're not drinking and doing drugs or whatever that's your negative coping mechanism when you're depressed whereas you can go out and it's a positive environment you're fun having having a good time with friends and everything and it's a positive coping mechanism instead of you having a down day hey i'm going to go out go to the range or i can go out in the yard and train do some reloads and everything and that's the type of positive coping mechanism being able to compete and do sports and everything that um, people that are some sort of amputee or sick or ill and that that can exponentially like change your life being able to compete in in some sort of sport yeah so and that that's one of the reasons why I really got behind the uh, VA hospital one uh, on a on a joking side is that you can't afford drugs and alcohol when you shoot <laughs> you oh shoot first of all <laughs> it's the best yeah. addiction out there um i know right <laughs> it really is and, and i mean still mental health check for me as well which is which is awesome a lot of people i think in our community see that um have you partnered or talked to battle buddy three gun at all so i mean i talked to i talked to jack and everything a little bit about it um i don't so this is one thing when i first started doing it i got i wouldn't tell anybody no yeah. Like, I think at one point, I think I did like 12 or 13 fundraisers for people in one year and I was so burnt out and you got to think about, it, and cause I had a couple, I had three friends, um, three friends die uh, and then um, a few other friends commit suicide all in the same year. And um, which it was super hard on me. And, but it, I, it wasn't good for my mental health either because especially when it's your friends and you're talking to the spouses and everything and you, you like have to relive it and everything too and it's such an emotional ride and doing that over and over and over and over again was so mentally taxing and it was taxing on my family too because i was always gone doing all all that stuff and so i try to limit myself to the two that i do and if there is one other nonprofit that I will do anything for if they ask me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I limit myself to the two that I do or the the third one, um, which is the 
SF Charitable Trust and um, because they've done a lot for me. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, it's like, I would love, I love what they do and everything. And um, Jack, great human being, um, super, super killer thing that they're doing and stuff. And like I said, it's, it's an adaptive athlete sport. And like just seeing the joy on those guys' faces and everything too. And it's not, it's not something that they ever thought that they would be able to do. Right. And you, you give somebody an opportunity and something where, Hey, I can actually do this and um, be able to compete. And instead of like watching on the sidelines and I can like, it completely turns somebody's life around. It does. And it's, it's some of the cool, like it is like, God, I can't, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for, but it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like the feeling, the feeling that you get um, when like you see that like shine in somebody's eyes where they never thought that they would be able to do this yep. and everything. And like, that, that's why, that's why you do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, just like that, that shine and the smile and everything. And just like the excitement uh, the excitement they have it's like it's like the most rewarding thing that I can possibly do I mean I've done some super cool shit in my life and but this is the most rewarding thing like being able to see somebody go out and compete I want to run a marathon okay yeah. now I got the legs I can do it but I ran a half marathon one time and I finished it once I hit the finish line I was like why the fuck do people do this for fun yeah <laughs> but hey whatever's your niche man yeah um but that that's why I do the things and it's actually kind of cool my buddy that I played football with in college uh his name is Joe Dawson he's a retired SEAL and he does weapons for warriors and he knew I was out here and there's a um, seventh group spring break uh named Cody and he got severely injured in an ID and I went up to um Ohio and I thought he was going to the range with his wife and everything and there there's it was like this 375 chai tech was like a $20,000 bolt gun with everything. And um, it was super cool. They were doing at Briar Rabbit. Um, it's the big, one of the big ranges out there in Zanesville. And they were doing like the Northeast clay shooting championship. So there was like a thousand people there and they like brought everybody around. And he thought he was going to uh, just go to the range with his wife. And um, like he was severely injured yeah. and uh, um and it was cool, man. And that, that's when I first got it. And just like, he was so blown away. Like, like thinking about it, like gave, gives me goosebumps. Just like how excited it was. And it was cool to go because he hadn't hung out with another green brain in a long time and just be able to like sit there and talk like a bro yep. and everything and like feel like a human. And shit. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that, 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 that's actually where it started, um, started for me. And yeah. I love it. You're going to make me all emotional. I, I mean, I think that, yeah, you do a lot of good. And, and, and the thing that I love to hear too, is that firearms do more good than the harm that we hear about all the time. And I think that it's, it, it's, I just like, I'm not, I'm not a political person uh, per se, because in my opinion, the days of the politician for the people by the people is long gone. Yes. And but like people don't understand like oh you don't need this like the compare i i don't even want to get into it man because i can go all day but the amount of in like like i said it's like for sporting purposes it's like an eight it's a t timeless wonder 
like you you can i've been to some uspca matches and there's like dudes that like could barely walk and they're like 90 years old but they're out there competing hanging out with their friends it makes you feel alive to be able, it's like it's it's one of the few things you can do where um you can compete against other people you can compete against yourself and everything and people just want to like think about the negative aspects of it and stuff and they they don't look at like the broader spectrum of what actual the gun community does and everything i, I know like a lot of the gun community like online they stomp on the, it's like it's it's toxic i guess you could say like the, all the the tactical stuff back and forth and people's opinions whatever and it's like just let people do their shit man like yeah live their life but i just yeah I, do 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 what makes you happy don't judge people and like grow 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 the sport grow the community and it's all like positive mental attitude man like glass half full like you don't got to shit on people yeah. like and it's it's like it would make everything so much better if like i want it like the attitude is growing the community and people will, like get mad like teaching civilians like cqb or tactical stuff it's just a, it's just another tool in your kit man like who cares i mean you might not have some of the most reputable instructors or whatever but you're going to get that everywhere you go yeah and but i mean see for what it is i mean at least at least they're passing knowledge to other people in in the community and obviously these there's these people that want to learn yep i mean there are there are people like you see that dude it's like the Detroit cop dude that's like tries to take the guns out of your hands and everything. It's you see made fun of all the time on social media. You don't see any of that. It's, it's, there's this big fat dude and he's some like Detroit cop or whatever. And he's like, you put the gun here and it's like the slowest thing. It's ridiculous. It's, it's very comical, but it's like, that's one thing too. Um, like when I run my USPSA stuff is it's just like, I want people to come out here in good time. I had a terrible experience, yeah. a terrible experience. I didn't want to shoot USPSA ever again. And I didn't want people to feel like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have the most inviting, like you come here, like we're going to coach the shit out of you. Um, it's me and all. So I make sure, uh, cause I, I cap, I cap my match at 40 people, 40, okay. yeah, 40 people, um, four squads of 10. And I, I don't want it big because we get a shit ton of new shooters and, um, and a lot of the, like the Q Corps students or uh, a lot of the Marine Corps dude, new Marine Corps shooters come down because we're like halfway in between um, Camp Lejeune and Fort Bragg. And so I, we always have uh, on each squad, I make sure one of my friends that's like a seasoned shooter and everything, like being able and we coach the shit out of them and we talk about it before and then um but that's the way it should be man like it everything should be a positive experience like your your initial entry into it is like you should be like man these are the greatest people that like what a great time i had like i want people to leave my match and be like man that was i don't do anything crazy like i got a couple swingers and some steel and i throw up some no shoots and stuff i mean i i do it's you have to I make do it challenging do. a little bit for your people that come every day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but I want people to come and just be like, 
this is rad. Like just leave here. It's like, this is rad. I want to do this again. Yeah. And that that's, I don't make any money like off of any of this. It's like, it goes right back into buying targets and buying the swinger. I just bought a stomp pad. <laughs> and uh, so. Um, Does it work? I'm like area sixes. <laughs> oh yeah, it works great. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I actually used it for the first time. It did a double swinger. Oh. I have super, I have super slow swingers. They're like, <laughs> so they're not super intimidating. And uh, like I, at area eight, they were like, <laughs> yeah. And um, that was scary to watch. Those. The uh, and that that's the way it should be. Like, yeah. I love I love this sport for like what it is for what it does. It can do for like people's mental health and just being able to compete and what it does to be able to translate to like the military and everything. And like now concealed carry with appendix draw, you know, and using your appendix. Mm -hmm. holster. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm, I will say that like, if I had a new shooter come and he said, this is all I have. Run it. Cool, man. Run it. And yeah. And I would, I would never turn anybody away yeah. ever. No. And like, if you needed gear, you didn't have this. I always bring. Yeah. All my extra shit. You that need ammo. I don't know what to do. Yep. You're good to hook, man. <laughs> that's that. That's the thing that we do is we remove the excuses. I don't have guns. I don't have ammo. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I, well, I want to practice more. No. Nope. I, I was like, I had like four range days before I shot my very first one, my very first three gun, and so I was like, you just yeah. got to get out there and grip and rip it. That's so. the hardest part. It's just starting. Um, mm -hmm. But to tie a little pretty bow on it, at a young level, these matches actually teach um, young kids firearm safety from a very young age. I'm talking about they mm. respect them, they know the safety rules, and they demonstrate them. This and is one thing. I will say this, that what USPSA really, really needs to do since obviously like Free Gun doesn't have a governing body and isn't a nonprofit and isn't a multi-million dollar thing. USPSA does a really bad job my personal opinion, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that agree with me, giving back to the community and attempting to really grow the sport when it comes to, I, I, I personally think that they, they have the funds, they should hold some kind of junior camp in every area, one through eight, every year, because you will get some of the best shooters in each area to come do that on their own dime, yep. because there's people that truly care and you pay for the targets, like all that, all that stuff. And it's not that, or you can block out a hotel or something like that. And it's USPSA's dime and you bring out like 2025 20, youth shooters and, um, or you can do like a, you don't have to do if money's money's an issue. You can do one on the West coast. You can do that, do an Arizona or whatever, or up in Washington, you can do one here and you can do one in Texas. Cause I think what Infinity's doing with their junior camp thing, is badass and that should be the example for the rest of USPSA and and I really think there should be like new shooter symposium type thing where you can come and do like all day Saturday just start out from square one and same thing 20 people and it should 20 30 people and you do that in each area and you do it once twice a year and you do 20 25 maybe 30 people and you break it up on each bay and you can have people that are like seasoned ROs come out because the people in USPSA like 
I mean, I had a really bad first experience, but like, I love this community, you know, like you really get to know people and some of the people that like travel everywhere on, around the East, like LJ travels so much. Um, my buddy, Jerry, they go to all of them and, uh, and like those people will come out and help you. And that like investing, investing in what makes you what you are, I think is super key. And I think that's super lacking in the USPSA yeah. is like, I mean, hey, you, you, you spend some money, but I mean, and then you're going to make money because the, the amount of growth you're going to get and like showing and like investing back into the people that what makes you. Right. It's huge. And, and yeah. And I, I, that's something that like, I wish maybe since USPSA is a part-time job for the president now, maybe I'll apply for that shit when I retire but well the other thing too is um like kevin was just recently on the podcast and we talked about we used to run like an intro to competition shooting and that was an hk sponsor shooter john that would run it um and more just could do that and it's it's just that again that's an investment for local clubs too if uspsa won't pick it up that hey like i'd be willing to run a camp or a class i don't know who would show up Mm. right but um yeah i think you i mean i think uspsa should do it yeah like i don't i don't i don't know why I don't know why fully with making $120,000 a year, like it, uh, what? And like the salaries are ridiculous. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked up their financials. Obviously it's public because it's yeah. um, a 501c3, but like, I don't, I don't personally think that like they should make any money, like $60,000 part-time I thought was ridiculous. Like, it needs to go it needs to go back out into the community it's about the sports not about some goons making money (laughs) like (laughs) so matt just out on the podcast here we go (laughs) i i don't know man it's just like that this is just my perception of what it what it should be is like i don't i'm just a giving person and like if i ran you uspsa i would be like junior camp new shooter symposium whatever here 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 go run for president we'll pay we'll pay for the fucking targets um we'll see if we can get fucking what we can do to help with fucking ammo whatever if we got to fly out like bill drummond jj ricasa whatever or fucking some of the best area shooters to put them up in a hotel we'll pay for that shit because on the back end you know how much the sport's going to grow because those people that were on the fence they're going to bring two or three of their friends and those kids are going to bring two or three of their friends yeah. and stuff like that. And like, you, you can get run for president. Hundred, few hundred, few hundred thousand people. Be be twenty twenty two. Yeah, just with just with a little bit of effort. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think it's all just about traveling and stage designing and uh, sponsors. It needs to be more about the shooters and. I, I, I just don't think that they do. One thing I don't, I'm just kind of on my little rant right here. <laughs> One thing I don't think like sections and areas do. One thing that I saw out West when I was back home um, is like the, the Cascade section out there and stuff. Like they really highlight the other matches and like the section in the area, like highlight shooters and um like just hey a new shooter like 
highlight a new shooter, like talk to him or whatever, or um, highlight a match the like the monthly match at this range and stuff like that. And I, we don't do a very good job of essentially, I guess, of like pimping our own people, man. Like what, what makes, what makes the, your section, what makes um, your area and everything. I don't think we really like, if you look at the, the Facebooks of the areas and stuff, most of them are dead. Yeah, they are. Nobody, nobody does anything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. You you plan a match, but like your big match, but what's going on in the rest of your, um, the rest of your area? Like there's what's cool. Like back home in the cascade section too, they do the whole section does like this points match. And like, if you, it's like this, this week, it's going to be here and it gets everybody to travel around That's and goes to see luck. the other ranges and stuff like that too. And yeah, it's a little bit more work on the computer and everything, but I just like, I don't know. I think everybody just kind of goes with the flow a little bit mm-hmm. and doesn't want to, I mean, everybody has their own lives. I, I, I get that, but I just think like, if you're super passionate about, about something and wanting to like grow something and into like something bigger to give back, then that should be your job. And it should, it shouldn't be just like, I don't know. I I feel like sometimes it's a high school election where you're going to promise, like, I'm going to get better shit tickets for the bathroom. I'm going to get three ply instead of one ply. Like, but I would like fucking porta potties for fucking females or how about more porta potties Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. That is one thing that Three Gun does absolutely wrong. I have never seen enough bathrooms or a bathroom at the last match I was at. Period. Hey, you're barking up the wrong tree, sister. I'm in the army. I'll... Hey, no, I'm fine. But like when parents are asking me where to go, I'm like, you're gonna have to shit in front of my truck. Like, <laughs> no joke, shit in this bucket. No joke. My Three Gun box is right next to me. Okay. Mm. <laughs> fucking toilet paper (laughs) i have some in the back of my forerunner yeah so no you're you're spot on um like cowboy action they have a junior sponsorship they have a woman's uh sponsorship too that they do um they do some classes and stuff which is really cool and and the thing about cowboy action i like too though is it actually bridges some of the generational stuff too that can be passed down um Mm -hmm. it's really neat like i've seen people that can make knives right and they're teaching the younger ones how to do some of that stuff um which is really neat and how to shoot. But a lot of these, I just, it's, it's just like, I don't think the sections and everything like down to the lowest level, I don't think it's done to where people like truly want to like grow the sport or anything like that. And I, I, like I said, it's all personal opinion. Like, I think, I think that's like, an injustice to this sport and what like this awesome like shooting sports in general but especially the uspsa to where like you you can i it's hard to shoot three gun um when you're 60 70 80 years old i will say that because it's a lot of terrain and everything like that but uspsa especially like it's for everybody it is literally for everybody and we don't do enough to like a lot of people don't even know about it like what you want to keep it this like top secret like little group i mean this is a phenomenal sport i don't know why we're trying to be like secret sisters of the traveling pants over here like whatever it is 
I can't even believe I thought about that. I worked in a movie store for a while. <laughs> you did. And, uh, and um, I don't know why we do it like that. And I, I like announce this shit to the world, man. Like, it's awesome. And I mean, I know there's maybe one or two idiots like me that will agree with everything that I'm saying. And it's like, like, I'm not trying to like bag on like talk shit about anybody but i just think more could be done like for for like lowest level from the section to the area like we go go look go on facebook and look at area one through eight i think area two does a lot area two does a lot and for their social media stuff um and that's like it yeah yeah that's it like none none of the sections the the only sections i see that do a shit ton of social media it's the cascade section back home um jim boone he's super cool dude um and then like the norcal the norcal section out there um does a, a lot of social media stuff too but i don't follow all the sections obviously you know um, that someone gave me access to any of those facebook pages that i would handle it right yeah and it's like just I don't know. It's just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's kind of like disheartening. I'm just like, you have all these great ranges, all these great shooters and people doing like super cool stuff for the community and whatever, like get it out there, man. Like, like I said, why is this like some top secret like thing? Like, are you afraid people are going to take the primers? Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Cool. Well, if you agree with Matt and you're listening to this, you know, hit him up, have some ideas, throw some ideas at your area director. By the way, your email for area matches or directors, or whatever, is area number at USPSA. I think. Dot yes. Com. Yeah. Super simple. Super simple. I um, will say that um, area six director, he's a cool ass dude. I will. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but like, I just think. Um, yeah, like like I like I'm just kind of like repeating myself. Like there can be so much more done with just a little bit more effort. I like it. I like it. I don't want to round that off too far into this left field, but I did want to ask out um, or ask how can others get involved and help you out in the future, whether it be like ROing or just helping, like you said, maybe raise awareness um, or or get involved with their local communities and grow the sport. Um. I don't know. I mean, you can always ask, always ask me, like, I'll talk to you about like ideas and everything. Um, and like, kind of, if, if you want, like, if you're somewhere, if you're in like Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa or whatever, Mr. Deeds plug. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and you want to do something for your local VA hospital, just like, let me know. I have, I literally have like, um, a memorandum saved on digits and stuff and it's like a request for like sponsorship or donations and whatever and if you if like there's something you want to do through a 501c3 or do something like i i know a lot of people and like i'll be depending on where you're at i can get you in touch um with these people if you want to do and like if you want to help me if you're in the Fort bragg area or whatever and you want to reach out in North Carolina, South Carolina area, want to reach out and help RO, whatever, um, lend a hand, like shoot me a DM and I'm all about it, man. 
Why the mass DMs? So, <laughs> so Matt. What's... Oh yeah. <laughs> Can't even say it was straight face. So what's next for Matt Beam? I don't know. Um, work <laughs> and uh, still work. Um, getting ready for the NC State match, and hopefully, I have not had a good major in a while like last year was my first full year of shooting as psa and i shot really well um i had a couple top tens in limited and everything i think the worst i finished in like the six or seven major slot last year was like 13th or 14th um but this year i just haven't been able to put it together in major matches but hopefully north carolina's coming up um we'll be at north carolina Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, to sell raffle tickets for the um, Mark 7 Apex 10, which all the proceeds go to the VA hospital. And it's only 500 tickets being sold and they're 50 bucks a piece. And so I'm hope hoping to raise $25,000 and all goes to the VA hospital deaf athlete program to help uh, get supporting prosthetics for uh, sick, ill, and wounded veterans. Awesome, Matt. It's awesome. I'm glad I wanted you on here just to talk about all the stuff that you do and raise awareness on that, right? Um, any final thoughts that you want to leave listeners with? Um, no, I mean, hey, be humble. <laughs> be humble and pay it forward. I mean, it, it pays off. It's a very gratifying thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and seriously, thank you. This is the first podcast I've ever done. Had a good time. <laughs> Had a good time. Drop some great movie plugs. There's some great movie quotes, some shameless plugs. Like, I got to do it all today. So yeah. I got to show off. I got to show off some cool shit. Like, <laughs> it was a great time. A lot of fun. I, I'm enjoying yeah. it too. And I like what you said about pay it forward because I actually have more fun when I watch someone that I brought having fun more than like mm -hmm. my match. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So cool. It's all a lot of fun. Um, and you can do this again. So any final shout outs you want to give to sponsors to wrap this up? Um, well, obviously, like, thank you to everybody that's given me the opportunity, especially like Bull Armory, um, Chad of Priority One Holsters, um, Hunters HD Gold, Brian, he's the man. Um, and then everybody that kind of like helped me around along the way, like Travis, Travis Denman got me in the game. Um, Bill Drummond, been an awesome, awesome mentor for me. Chris Tilly, uh, Kevin Stickley, um, one of my closest friends, really got me into uh, shooting USPSA, even though I used to be a huge USPSA hater. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to like that. You're going to like it. And be like, no. But those three guns, the best. And But people change. <laughs> and, and 556 got really expensive. <laughs> a little, it's a little high. Yeah, I'm like, I'm forever grateful for all the opportunities I've had and definitely forever grateful for the opportunity to speak on your podcast. So you're pretty cool. I had a great time. Me too, me too. And final thing, remember people, Beam Team 3Gun, right? Mm, yes. Reach out to him um, and get involved. So Matt, thank you again. Um, hopefully we stirred some things up too for people to think on and chew on. You yep, know? awesome. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.